guys doing? We're good. We just watched the episode, so I feel like it's very fresh in my mind. Did you remember this episode really clearly, Caroline? Um, once we got about halfway through, once like the Catherine stuff came up, then it was, um, then my, it jogged my memory. Yeah. Yeah. So you have watched the show once all the way through and you've, you've never rewatched it. No, just once all the way through. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, Last week, totally let it slip while we were recording with Jackie. I was like, there's flashbacks in the next episode. And I, I was, and then this week, I was having like guilt issues about spoiling something on this episode for Sam. Because <laughs> it's the first flashback. And I was yeah. like, oh, I totally ruined that like element of surprise for him. He got really excited, though. Even if he knew it was coming, he was like, oh, flashback. <laughs> what are we wearing now? <laughs> I know. And, you know, I feel like the costuming in season one, they do a better job in 1864 than they do in 2009. <laughs> um, I feel like the wardrobe in current times gets better as the seasons go on, but I, I have lots of objections. Um, Caroline, you were on when we did the episode with the founders party and I was complaining about all the dresses that the girls yes. wore to the yes. party. All of like the homecoming freshman homecoming dresses. Yeah. Um, I, like the other night, I was like, man, I was really bitchy about the wardrobe <laughs> department. And so there's a website that uh, it's probably a bunch of women that do all the research on the clothes for different TV shows. And like the week the show airs, they'll like post like where you can buy that dress or whatever. And they were not cheap dresses. Like I was <laughs> totally imagining that these dresses had been purchased in like shitty discount store, like at the local mall in like, Wait, suburban like, Georgia. How much? Like they were BCBG dresses and like Nanette Lepore and like 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 designer you know cocktail dresses. I just yeah. I just think even like kind of nicer expensive dresses that might go for like a hundred four hundred dollars uh, don't always show up well on camera. Yeah, it's all automatically outdated for us too. So like even if yeah. it was nice and new at the time, a couple years in the distance, it it seems all the more like low budget outdated. Yeah. Yeah, totally. We can't count out that, you know, the 1864 costumes are also tacky. We just, we, <laughs> we weren't just don't there. Know. We you don't know? have we context. Didn't live, we didn't live through that. That's true. Some vampires watching and they're like, oh my God. Oh, this are you is... kidding me? <laughs> that, that's so like low rent. Yeah. Yeah. I remember wearing that to the founder's ball and I was <laughs> horrified. Um, I also let slip last week that, uh, this is my favorite episode of season one. Mm. And that isn't to say that there aren't some really good episodes to come. Um, I think this is the first in a really good run of episodes. The momentum goes for quite a while. For me, I think this like sets the tone for season one. Mm -hmm. uh, it does a lot for like the, the feel of like, going back from the flashbacks to current time. Uh, it just changes the pacing of things a lot, I think. Yeah. Um, so when I am like, let me go back and watch an episode from season one, <laughs> this is the episode I turn on. So Well, so much happens in it. I mean, I can understand why it's a favorite and it moves things forward so much. Because like so much didn't happen in the first, you know, <laughs> four or five episodes. I mean, four, episodes four and five were, were, were better than uh, the first few. But um, yeah, this is a this is a favorite of mine. Um, okay, episode 106, Lost Girls. Uh, this episode aired on October 15th, 2009. 
This episode was written by Kevin Williamson and Julie Pluck, the creators of the show. And this episode was also directed by Marco Siega, who directed the first two episodes. So the pilot director. Uh, the promo for this was kind of boring. Should we watch it? Yeah. Yeah. All right. You're going to stare at us watching it for a second. I hope there's some lines that are not in the episode. That's my favorite part. What are you? I'm a vampire. Please don't be afraid of me. Let me go. You knowing this is dangerous. These people who died? That was Damon. Stay away from me. Don't look at me with those judgy little eyes. Oh, be careful who you invite in the house. Yeah, they don't really go over anything in that promo. Yeah, they're very, very vague about it. Yeah. I will comment. Is this the first time we see Elena cry? I feel like yes. Because it felt very (laughs) weird to see her cry. Yeah. She cries so much on this show. (laughs) (laughs) This is the start. This is the start of the waterfall. Yeah, it's very dramatic. Yeah. Um, Nina Dobrev's on-screen crying skills, I think, improve exponentially over the years. Um, but this is her I, first time crying on Vampire Diaries. I don't know how much she had to cry on uh, Degrassi and other stuff, but uh, <laughs> she starts flexing that muscle a lot. The episode synopsis from fandom.com reads, The truth can be very, very deadly. Elena demands that Stefan explain the frightening events that have been happening in Mystic Falls. In a string of flashbacks, Stefan explains how his rivalry with Damon began back in the Civil War when they both met the love of their lives, Catherine, the vampire who sired both of them. In the present, Damon impulsively takes control of Vicky's future, and a confused and terrified Vicky runs away. Also, Sheriff Forbes, Mayor Lockwood, and Logan and also the others take drastic steps to protect their town. So yeah, Catherine... Uh, 1864 flashbacks. Elena knows about Stefan. Uh, the Salvatore brothers are friends, which is awesome. Uh, and Vicky turns. <laughs> so much happens in this episode. I think it's amazing. Do you have any stuff you want to get out first? Any initial reactions? I mean, can I just say from that description that sired is such a great verb? Like, you don't hear it very often. So when it is used, it's quite powerful. I love I love the idea of siring someone. I associate with it with like horse racing. <laughs> Is it a horse racing term? Yeah. Like that's like when, you know, Seabiscuit won a bunch of races and then he goes, gets to fuck for the next 30 years of his life. Or <laughs> How is sired used in that context? He like sires. He breeds. You breed them. Oh, oh, he has children. He has children. Yeah. And so oh. like. If you go to, like, Wikipedia, various, like, racehorses, it's, like, their sire, their grandsire. Like, that's the only context I've ever heard that other than, I guess, vampires. Grammatically, you can use it with humans, right? Yeah. Yeah. I've sired a son, right? (laughs) (laughs) If you want to be really pretentious about (laughs) when you describe your children. (laughs) Yeah. I guess in certain certain centuries, it probably was used more more commonly. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I just do like that, that idea of like lineage through siring and siredom. Elena, as the transition from last episode, she runs up to the Salvatore boarding house and very dramatically asks Stefan, What are you? You know. 
No, I don't. Yes, you do, or you wouldn't be here. It's not possible. Everything you know and every belief that you have is about to change. Are you ready for that? What are you? I'm a vampire. Can I, uh, can I just say, um, so Twilight, right? Like, was this exact line in Twilight? Wasn't it? I, I, I really so. feel like it was. Yeah. Isn't he say, doesn't he say basically the same thing? Like, you know, and then she, yeah. she's like, say it. Say it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like they flipped some of the dialogue from one to the other, yeah. but it's essentially like if you read it off the page. Yes. It's a, it's a parallel. Yeah. For yeah. sure. Yeah, and, you know, Kevin Williamson, in all of the interviews at the time, he kept saying, like, we're not trying to make it look like Twilight. We're not trying to make it look like Twilight. And I think there's a there's a lot of things that happened in the first six episodes that I think remind me directly of the Twilight trilogy and the, the four movies. Um, I think it gets away from that after this, though. Watch, like, two episodes from now. It's still going to be happening. But at some point, I think, like, that falls away from me. But... Yeah, this is definitely an episode where I'm like, God damn it, it's still, like, CW is still trying to milk that vampire, like, trend, you know? But I guess that's fine. Uh, it transitions straight to Catherine arriving at the Salvatore house. We don't know why, but she's staying at the Salvatore house, the old Salvatore house, not the boarding house. Um, the reason is undisclosed at this point, but um, I think given the nature of that period of time, um, I think when people traveled, like they stayed for weeks and weeks or months and months. Like I learned that from Gone with the Wind. Like <laughs> if you're going to go visit your cousin in another state, you don't just go for like three days. You go for like three months. Yeah. You really settle in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So for some reason, Catherine's staying at the Salvatore house. Um, David comes home on leave. He's fighting for the Confederacy, which loaded. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't isn't there a Twilight character that's also a Confederate soldier? Isn't one of the family? Jasper. Yeah. Yeah, that's something that you just have to accept if you've a character if you are a character that has lived for that long, you've done some problematic things. Because it was a different time, right? I mean, are we, do we just like accept that in characters that were alive during the Civil War? Or you guess, were yeah. turned into a vampire in the South, right? Like Yeah. 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 It's just weird that like the two major vampire properties of the mid two thousands had like, I mean, Damon's not a hero per se, but like major characters who were Confederates. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. But we see later, uh, he is not all that committed to the Confederacy because yeah. he just went yeah. AWOL. <laughs> um, did you catch the bit about him teaching stuff in rugby? Which is a direct tie-in to Stefan learning football, which we talked oh, about during Friday Night Lights. Fall preview. Get it? I did not make that connection. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sam was asking all these questions like, well, did Stefan play ball like in college? Like, <laughs> is this his first time joining a football team? How does he know what a down is? Here are the answers to your questions. <laughs> yeah. I was like, we might learn a little bit more. And this was like, you know, three second shot of them like throwing a rugby ball. But yeah. um yeah, it wasn't the only time they were gonna show Stefan with a with a football in his hand or a rugby ball in his hand. <laughs> do they have flashbacks <laughs> to each period of football? Like, do they start with like the kind of rounder ball and then they go into like the leather skin? And, you know, they have like the helmet transition. There's like a whole CTE scandal, or you know, Stefan kills someone. I don't know. That's in the future, well, though. Uh, That's true. after this series happens. If there's a yeah. yeah. That's yeah. kind of baseball. I think, I think CTE was happening, you know, 
we just didn't know what it was. Oh, called. true. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, keep asking that question, Sam. Um, <laughs> I'll bring it up. I'll bring it up every questions. episode. We'll have like a CTE counter. <laughs> um, them being as BFFs, I thought was very sweet. You know, they've got good like brotherly chemistry. Not in an, not in a fan fiction kind of way, but you know, they. they <laughs> I don't know. I can. This is where I can really start to see like the like the thruple coming together, and it's it's very strange the way she pushes it. I don't know. I mean, there, there's a way to do this in a way that's like friendly brother competition, but she really and you know. They say the brothers say this too. It's like she wanted us all to be together. They really see yeah. that understanding yeah. for fans. Yeah. It, it also makes me wonder. Like, I get that the demographic, the the young female adult demographic, is quite wide, right? It's usually like fourteen to thirty nine, right? That they're kind of lumping into watching a certain type of show. Like for Nielsen, right? Um, but so, <laughs> if we're assuming that teenagers are a big bulk <laughs> of who they're like writing towards, like the idea of this thruple as a theme on this show, I <laughs> I I have some issues with. Um, I don't know. I don't know. And it's not like a minor plot point. It's like no. a driving force. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's 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 nutty. I, bl- I blame this show for every like poly New Yorker article that's been written in the last ten years. <laughs> Not Big Love or you know any of the no, HBO. No, it's, no, because that that those are too like explicit and it's like you know it's like a religious thing. No, this is like purely it's the poly lobby, <laughs> the Illuminati, the poly Illuminati. Uh... So yeah, Catherine's immediately pitting the Salvatore brothers kind of against each other. Um, she needs an escort to the first founder's party. Well, this works out wonderfully for me. How's that, Miss Catherine? Now I'll have both of you here to keep me entertained. First and foremost, I'll need someone to escort me to the founder's ball. With pleasure. The smart and kind Salvatore brothers both coming to my rescue. How will I ever choose? Stefan ends up being the one escorting her to the party. And uh, the first time I watched this, I was really shocked by them getting it on in bed. Yeah. Later that, that night. That doesn't seem too, like, doesn't seem super typical for the times. like Or for the CW. Or for the CW. <laughs> no, I wrote in my notes, I was like, Catherine being 1864 slutty. Like... <laughs> Which, you know, I would never call someone slutty, but in 1864, like, wouldn't this seem like surprising behavior for the girl staying in his house that he just escorted her on their first date and all of a sudden she's down to her, like, bloomers and corset? Like, this seems like a lot. (laughs) Some red flags. Yeah. Um, He says, I'll love you forever. She says, forever's a very long time. And then she bites him. And then in the morning, she compels him to be okay with it. You're upset. Your face. It was like a demon. But you're not afraid. Get away from me. Get away. It doesn't change the way you feel about me. You will not tell anyone. I... We will go on exactly as we have. Yes. We will go on. (laughs) You have no idea of the future I have planned for us, Stefan. You, me, and Damon. No rules. 
for me, I thought that her compelling Stefan and the words that she was choosing to use and the way that she was choosing to compel him. Uh, I, I want to assume that that's kind of the way that Damon was compelling Caroline. Like you're upset, but you're not scared. Mm. You won't tell anyone. Right. Yeah. And it's interesting to see where, where that behavior gets repeated, like to see it from a different gender dynamic and see how he might have learned that. Yeah. It, it seems like we have to make that parallel, right? We uh, Because they left it so blank with Damon and Caroline. I think the writers leave us no other choice but to draw that conclusion that it was a, it was a similar kind of compulsion. Um, it seems like her handmaiden knows that she's a vampire. Yeah, it was weird, though, because then she, then she asked her to leave. And it was like... Well, she either knows or she doesn't. You know? Or she's being compelled in some way. I'm not sure well, yeah, that's true. if that's part of it. I'm sure that if you had that power, the the service people closest to you, you would often have to compel. Yeah. Yeah. But also, like, this is 1864, and this is a black handmaiden, like, as a slave to a vampire, what choice would she have? True. Which is, like, its own form of compulsion i guess is like mm-hmm. power dynamic that exists there i'm also curious about them picking it to be 1864 like not to get into the weeds but like <laughs> the south had lost basically at that point for the most part you know so like the way they and maybe they get into this later in the show but like it's so it's 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 shown as very idyllic and not really conflict heavy but like, if I were a southern landowner in, in cent- central Virginia, like I don't know how far they're supposed to be from like Appomattox or whatever. But like, <laughs> it's they they would be like worried about their position. But it's it's not shown that way in this episode, which I thought was interesting. Like, put it in 1862, like maybe they're a little uh, more comfortable. But I don't know if that becomes a ball point. Yeah i I don't remember how specific to that part of like the historical fiction factor gets addressed. Um, But I did think a lot about why 1864 not wanting to live too long in the civil war in the past. Mm. And so it might be a a plot device in order to like move on to the next thing in the past. Yeah. 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 That might, that might be a, correct way of saying things and not spoiling anything. Um, yeah, that was very delicate. <laughs> yeah, and also not jumping to conclusions that I that are not right. I expect complete accuracy in my, <laughs> historical accuracy in my vampire fiction. If you can't rely on the CW, it's, it's, it's Ken Burns' The Civil War, just a hair below that Vampire Diaries. And then everything else. So, I mean, yeah. Sam, I'm trying to do my research, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking notes. I'm checking all the websites. I'm doing my best. <laughs> this is a Northern Central Virginia podcast. <laughs> this is how I'm spending my quarantine, goddammit. <laughs> um, yeah, and I guess uh, at the end, her, her sentiment of... Uh, I have plans for you, me, and Damon. And Stefan says she wanted us all to be together forever. I mean, 
don't know. I guess that is fanfic fodder. Like, yeah, the fanfic writes itself. Yeah. And I mean, I guess in reality, there are people who have cheated on their person with that person's sibling, right? That's not, it's like no one's ever slept with their person's brother or their person's sister. Ooh, still. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so back in 2009, uh, Stefan and Elena, um, Stefan breaks the news to her. She immediately freaks out and tries to get back into her car. Uh, and he immediately freaks her out with his vamp speed. I shouldn't have come. No. Please. No. Please. No. How did you do that? Please don't be afraid of me. Let me go. Elena, there's things that you have to know and understand. Let me go! Um, feels like the wrong time to display your vampiric abilities, in my opinion. If you're trying to calm her down, yeah, now is not the time. Yeah. Especially since he just lets her go. Yeah. It's like, make up your mind. Yeah. And then he freaks her out again by showing up in her bedroom, all Edward Cullen creepy lake. Yes, that was very Twilighty. <laughs> like, you saw the open window, and it's like, oh, of course somebody's going to come in that open window. <laughs> Yeah, and then when, you know, that shot of her up against her bedroom door and he's, like, right up in her face, like, and you know it was, like, uncomfortably close, like, in real life, but they do it for the, like, close-in shot of the camera, but I always get very uncomfortable about that, too. I'm like, you need a (laughs) personal space, buddy. What? You were like, that's hot. Yeah, because I was getting getting the really strong Twilight vibes. Very, like, sexual vampire teen movie vibes. Yeah. Kevin Williamson. He knows exactly where his money's coming from. Um, But I do appreciate that at least she's a little bit more reasonable than Bella, like... Edward in the up at the top of the mountain was like trying to scare her by you know throwing her on tree trunks and all that shit. And <laughs> Bella's like, "It's okay, you won't hurt me." And it's like, "Well, he's telling you that he might, so maybe you need to back up a little bit, you know." And at least Elena's like, "Get out of my house! Like, if you mean mean me no harm, like get out." Um, yes, I think Elena is is smarter than Bella, at least. More oh, reasonable. thank goodness! Yeah. A heroine that we can root for. Yeah. It's a very small, quick shot, but Stefan is keeping watch outside of Elena's house all night, just in case Damon shows up. Also felt like Twilight. Remember that? uh, (laughs) Did you read Twilight or just see the movies? Oh, gosh. It's been a long time since I read it. Longer than the movies. There's parts, there's a couple parts of the book where um, Victoria is after Bella. And so they take shifts like guarding Bella's house and they're never inside the house guarding, but like at some points, Rosalie is like outside guarding. They, they, they take mm-hmm. shifts all like stuff and just kind of hanging out on the porch all night. Reminded me of that too. Oh God, <laughs> too much. Um, but the next morning, Elena and Stefan meet at the grill so she can get the truth. She wants to really understand what's been going on for the last few months. You said you would explain everything. That's why I asked you to meet me here. When you Google vampire, you get a world of fiction. That's the reality. I can tell you whatever you want to know. I know you eat garlic. Yes. And somehow sunlight's not an issue? We have rings that protect us. Crucifixes? Decorative. Holy water? Drinkable. Mirrors? Myth. 
He said you don't kill to survive. Animal blood keeps me alive, but not as strong as Damon. He can be very powerful. And yet you let him get involved with Caroline? Forcing Damon not to do something is much more dangerous, believe me. He was hurting her. He was feeding on her. He was able to take away her memories of being bitten using a form of mind compulsion. She never knew what was happening to her. If you wanted to kill her, he would have. Is that supposed to make it okay? No, no, none of this is okay, Elena. I know that. I don't, I don't know. I still, I, I still <laughs> would have been. You just don't have enough juice to deal with this, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And even if her, if even if his answers aren't super satisfying in this scene at least her getting the chance to confront him is like, yes, now we can root for you, like standing up for your friend, asking the questions that we like wish that you had been asking all this time. And she's finally getting that opportunity. I also feel like it's weird that Stefan agreed to like such a public discussion of that. Cause like yeah. they're in like a very crowded cafe. Caroline, you're a serial, you know, uh, eavesdropper. eavesdropper. Guilty. Um, <laughs> Like, somebody's got to have overheard something about that. Like, they're not whispering. (laughs) Yeah, I think this show, like a lot of shows, there's the inherent, like, bubble around the conversation that just kind of happens. I I think soaps really made that, like, a thing because they never whisper on soap operas, you know? Um, And I think, yeah, the show has that same kind of invisible bubble around certain conversations. Unless... There's a vampire across the room that's actually trying to listen to you because that's that's the thing. Um, <laughs> that old trope. Yeah, but sometimes the vampire is great hearing, and something's happening across the room, and they don't hear it. So you know, we just have to take the writers at at what they give us. Um, Stefan keeps repeating to her, "It's important that you not tell anyone that you know about this." Um, she's like, "You can't ask me that." Like. Next move, go to Jenna, right? Um, so that she can be protected in the house and protect Jeremy and go to the sheriff about Caroline and all of that. And he asked for the day to gain her trust. I don't know if I would have given it. I don't know. He hasn't seemed to be able to do anything up to this point. So I don't know why I would <laughs> trust him. But I don't know. What would you guys do? I feel like he gives a bad or not really any explanation for why that would put her or people in danger. Like he's like, yeah, the more people know the more danger, but it's not like, because then Dave would have to kill everyone. I I don't know. Maybe it's implied, but like, I feel like you got to be explicit. Like just saying, don't tell anybody. That's like, that feels like an abusive relationship. Yeah. Like, it makes nobody me more will believe you. curious yeah. about why it makes me still want to test my limits. Like, I don't think that she's gotten the answers that she needs to be satisfied at this point, obviously. And so she's going to keep pushing. Yeah. Or to keep the secret in like a smart way, right? Like who shouldn't know? Exactly. Yeah. Why can't I tell Jeremy? You gave me Vervain. Why are we not giving Caroline Vervain? Right. Yeah. Stefan is just terrible at crisis management. Yeah, all, it's a lot of bad communication. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Elena drives them to the old Salvatore house. Um, she drives a really nice forerunner. <laughs> there must have been some crazy life insurance with her parents because um, in 2009, I feel like that was a really nice forerunner. I don't know why she has a luggage rack on top of her truck. It seems unnecessary. Yeah. Do we think it's product placement? I mean, anytime that I see a, like a car brand, I wonder... Bonnie drove a Prius and they were very obvious about that. Um, mm-hmm. 
little bit of trivia that first episode she drives a blue Prius and then like two episodes later it's a white Prius. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah. Uh so maybe the forerunner was also a Toyota placement. Um but then like Damon drives a Camaro but I guess that's vintage. That's just the cool factor. I don't know. Um another very <laughs> twilight moment. Wait, how long have you I've been 17 years old since 1864. Oh my god. You said you wanted to know. I'm not going to hold anything back. Almost like line for line. How, <laughs> how long have you been 17? I know. I know. Is Andrew Cohen like, supposed to be 17? I don't remember what his age yeah, was. Yeah, he was supposed to be 17. It's a weird age. It's a weird age to fixate on. Kind of sucks. I don't know. I guess it's so it's like not statutory rape. I would kind of rather be like 21 for 200 years. Yeah, like a fully formed adult. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I guess that's where the tragedy comes from, right? Like frozen in time at too young of an age, died tragically at too young of an age. Yeah. It would just be fun if it was in the prime of your life. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah so many twilight callbacks um when he says he's been 17 years old since 1864 her the reaction on her face was very long and drawn out you think that was just like disbelief in her trying to do the math like that he's been around for this many years or was she like creeped out that she had been like making out with somebody so old <laughs> She's definitely trying to process a lot at this point. I think we should give her credit for like (laughs) how quickly she at least comes around to that fact. But like, regardless, it's a lot to take in. She does the math pretty well. Like I, I, you know, she's, she's on the spot with that. I I give her credit. I made the same notes. I was like, she did 2009 minus 1864 in her head really fast. They were studying that unit in history. So oh, yeah. you know, maybe they were doing a lot of the. That's true. Okay. So maybe it's <clears> Mr. <throat> Tanner helping her out. Yeah. From the grave. Yeah. Oh, RIP. Um, I do think though, that the theme of Stefan's like confession um, and the story that he's telling about Catherine, he talks a lot about choice, right? Catherine took his choice away through compulsion um, he gave Elena Vervain so that she would always have a choice, whether it was with Damon or with him. Later on, Damon doesn't give Vicky a choice. Like, there's a lot of uh, the theme of making sure people always have control over their own lives and and their own choices to make. But yeah, we'll get to Stefan dealing with Vicky later, but I loved the line. Slowly, the deeper she gets into the transition, the memories will start to come back, and then she'll know she has to make the choice. The same choice you made. Oh, she brings it back. Oh, yeah. so judgy. Mm. She's quick. <laughs> she is quick. Um, okay, storyline C. We'll keep it moving. So much happens in this episode. Um, <laughs> Damon and Vicky. Uh, so we open. Damon had broken out of the boarding house when the sun went down. Um, he kills all the quote-unquote small-town lifers, as Jeremy called them. My favorite line from this episode. I want my ring. Where are you? I'm at the Sizzler. I had the buffet. <laughs> First of all, gross. Um, 
but but really funny. Um, and third of all, as a kid, my mom loved taking me to the Sizzler. Was there a Sizzler where y'all grew up? I mean, you guys grew up close by, but they're not around anymore. I don't think so. No, it's a reference I get, but I've never been to the Sizzler. So they used to be in Northern Virginia. There was one in Reston or Herndon. Reston? Yeah. Herndon. We have to be accurate since this is a Northern Virginia local podcast. The fans will know. Yeah. <laughs> Near the Heckingers in Reston. See? Another corporation that is no longer in the mm. area. There you go. Very local yeah, reference. Exactly. There you go. <laughs> um, um, <laughs> and the Sizzler still exists. It just is no longer on the East Coast, I think. Like, they're only in either, like, mm. the Midwest or West Coast. I'm just happy to learn that this town has more than the grill where everyone else has well, been eating. It's like, we have at least one more I don't believe that the Sizzler's actually there. I think he was just making a joke. <laughs> Because I'm pretty sure the Sizzler disappeared. Maybe. Yeah, I I'm pretty sure the him. Sizzler disappeared from the East Coast at this point. But, you know, Stefan's been around for a long time. So <laughs> he knows the Sizzler. Only only Stefan and Damon would get that joke. Elena would oh, be like, yeah. what the fuck are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. I'm a millennial. I don't know what the Sizzler is. <laughs> She's like, that's suspicious. There actually hasn't been a Sizzler here in many years. There hasn't been one of those in <laughs> 25 years. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so David's pissed because Devin took his ring, so he's stuck indoors. Um, he finds Vicky. You just don't want to die, do you? Man, that's like sums up Vicky's presence on the show for many, many episodes. Yeah, poor Vicky. David makes it back to the house when the sun comes up. I don't know if you saw the, the shot of him like walking and there was sunlight hitting the floor and he like dodges it with his feet. Yes. <laughs> I thought that was a good that was a good shot. They they took the time to make sure they got that shot. It made me laugh. Um, Vicky's bleeding on the couch, and he's annoyed by it. Oh, don't get blood on the couch, please. I got you good, didn't I? We're not going to be any fun today. I'm so going to regret this. Okay. Okay. Drink up. Drink it up. Don't trip. There you go. Good girl. So we learn in that episode that uh, vampire blood can heal human wounds. Um, it was cute because he like rested his chin on the top of her head while she's like sucking blood out of his arm. Like, ugh. I don't understand this concept though. Um, Caroline, I don't know if you've ever thought about it, but so a vampire will bite their wrist in order to feed a human, but vampires heal so quickly. So why don't those puncture wounds like right. really I guess maybe you have to maintain suction for them to stay open. That's all I can imagine. Cause if, you know, if vampires evolve to like, to do this, procreate. to procreate. Yeah. There's gotta sire. be some, yeah. To sire, mm. to sire, one must give off blood. That's all I can imagine is that if, if she doesn't suction fast enough, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, close right back up. And then you got to just like keep cutting it open or. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I guess that is a biological evolution that we we would have to suspend our disbelief for. Kayla Yule's body is amazing. Um, dancing around in her underwear. <laughs> I like, and it's not even just like skimpy clothes. Like that's just like almost a thong pair of underwear. She looks freaking amazing. <laughs> um, her substance abuse tendencies are coming out. Man. Shower was so great. What did you give me? Some blood. You loved it. 
We met in the woods. You were drunk. I attacked you. Then I killed all of your friends. I brought you here. Gave you some blood. You loved it. And now we're going to party till the sun goes down. Okay. Um, but first, can I have another hit? That blood was so good. Yeah. Yeah, it just it just transfers over like automatically, like seamless. That's you so know, good. all of a sudden, yeah, all of a sudden we see her, and you know, it's it's so much more dangerous to not have that self control or to have like her existing dependency problem once you have this yeah. power. Ugh. And then, like, really, how good could blood be? <laughs> <laughs> You'd be surprised. I mean, I guess if it's like <laughs> spoken like not a vampire. <laughs> but I mean, I guess if it's healing you, like as a human, right? You're like drinking this vampire blood and it's healing you and you're no longer like, you know, mm-hmm. passing out from pain because someone's drained you of like three pints of blood and all of a sudden you're, you're feeling yeah. better. But once you're like, oh, that shower was great. Let's go dance around in our underwear. Like, oh, that blood was so good. Like, ugh, really? Ugh. I mean, I've got to imagine it's like any kind of thirst thirst for water it's like you know it revives you it's it feels like what you should be doing all the time if you're taking care of yourself some sort of healing nectar i I don't know just trying to have empathy for these vampires i assume it's like getting an iv transfusion or something you know (laughs) like you just feel refreshed cures your hangover cures your vampire hangover actually that brings up a great point which we were wondering again how do vampires get drunk? I Maybe you guys have talked about this already several times, but it still boggles my mind. Like, is Damon getting drunk in all of this? We talked about it again last week. It seems yeah. like it. Yeah, I mean, they drink so much on the show. Um, <laughs> like, the vampires drink a lot, and I think that they address it soon in a few episodes. They don't really address the how, but they address why vampires drink if that Mm. makes sense looking forward to it i assume it's the same reason all of us drink but yeah 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 (laughs) yeah because we because we drink yeah i just yeah i i don't since since like alcohol is so blood-based like i feel like it needs to be explained well, it's like blood alcohol content. Like it gets know? in your blood system. Oh. Like, like the way that you, it gets in your blood system, that's why you're affected by it. So that's like what gets me is like, if it was like, I don't know what kind of, kind of narcotics don't affect your blood system, but like it, it, it feels like something that needs to be addressed. Sam, if you're really worried about scientific accuracy, <laughs> you might be watching the wrong show. <laughs> I'm this. I'm this. I'm supposed to be the cynic here, right? I'm supposed to be the skeptic, you know. Slash history buff. Slash history buff. Slash uh, doing my. Part. This is a very strange plug, and I'm not trying to make a plug. Um, I wasn't expecting to make this plug, but if you're looking for a scientific explanation for vampirism, Ian Solmerholder has a new show on Netflix called V Wars, and uh, vampirism in that show is basically explained to be a virus. And Ian Summerholder oh. is not a vampire. He is the scientist. He is he's like Fauci. <laughs> wow. Yeah. The vampire Fauci. He's the vampire. Oh, he's wow. the Fauci studying vampires. Yeah. Yeah. Um and they, they get very scientific. Added to my watch list. 
Yeah. Uh, It just got canceled from Netflix, but Ian immediately went on Instagram and said, the show's not over. We're going to look for another production company. So, um, nice. Basically when Ian says he's going to do something, he's going to find the money for it. So, um, I like the show. It didn't get great ratings, but, um, uh, I thought it was good. I, I binged the whole thing one day when I was sick. So, uh, Vicky dancing in her underwear to what I find to be a very unnecessary cover of Enjoy the Silence by Depeche Mode. I am so over Tyler. So over him. I knew from the beginning that it was only a piece of ass to him, but I thought maybe if he got to know me better, he might say something more. But no. Now Jeremy, on the other hand, that's all he's ever seen in me is something more. And I like that. Jeremy, huh? Elena's brother? Could you even tell it was a cover? No, I wasn't listening too closely. That is like a <laughs> t- early 2000s pop punk band called Anne Berlin. Um, I didn't know who Anne Berlin was, but I was watching it last night or the night before and Kurt was in the room. And literally earlier in the day, we were talking about Weezer's cover of Toto, uh, Africa. Have you heard this? Oh, awful. Also uh, completely unnecessary. Yes. It's like that whole album. Well, it's like, why did you cover the song if you're not going to change it? Like, they literally did it, like, bar for bar. Um, And so, like, why do a cover? I don't understand that. And this song was, like, the same thing. He's like, well, why did this band do this song? (laughs) Um, Completely unnecessary. Is it cheaper for them to get the rights or something? That's the only reason that I can imagine. (laughs) Well, yeah. Like, I I could see why. I could see why the Vampire Diaries probably chose the cover because it was cheaper. Because it was cheaper. But why did why did the band make it? Initial, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, so dumb. Um, because they wanted to be on the Vampire Diaries to get your music onto a mainstream television show, that's the way to get popular. Um, like in the press junkets and stuff, uh, Ian said that this is his favorite episode, I think, because he like you know got to like dance around and show off his abs, and he was like, This is the first time you actually see you know vampires being debaucherous and raucous and like he had a certain vision for what the show was going to be. And until this happened, he was like, well, no one's having any fun, you know, everything's dark and everything's sad. And he was happy that uh, they got to show some fun in the house. Um, Although not a good dancer, (laughs) neither of them. No. Yeah. It's a little bit like sad um, rock star hotel room debauchery. Mm -hmm. Like, Maybe a tiny bit washed up, a hundred years too old to be doing this. Yep. Um, but it does look like fun. And then, you know, cutting back and forth, like <laughs> Nikki's crying about Matt. I mean, I'm the screwed up one. Matt's got it so easy. He's the golden boy. I mean, he's going to get a football scholarship, marry Elena, and have a lawnmower and some babies. And when I think of my future, I just come up blank. You are so damaged. Did you note the parallel, though? Vicky's the older sibling. Kind of the fuck up. Matt's the golden child. Yeah. Damon's the older sibling. The fuck up. Yeah. Stefan's the golden child. And I do think that Damon is the kind of misery that loves company. Like, he wants people to be on his level. Mm-hmm. Wait, Vicky's older than Matt? Yeah, Vicky is... Matt's oh, older sister. Yeah. Yeah, because they all look like they're 30. 30. Yeah. <laughs> so Vicky's a senior. Matt and Elena are juniors. Jeremy's, Jeremy's a, sophomore. a sophomore. Is that how it works? Yeah. Oh. 
So Vicky is robbing the crane. Oh, okay. Yeah. That That's why sense. I keep yelling, like, Jeremy's 15. <laughs> but how long has he been 15? <laughs> Uh, so David's like, oh, your life is so sad. You are so damaged. You don't have one hint of self-esteem. None. I think I know what can help you. What's that? Death. And he snaps her neck. Sam, did you see this coming? I kind of... It, it, at the beginning of the episode, no. But as soon as he fed her the blood, I was like, oh, that's like the first step. Because like he had explained it in like, you know, episode two or three or whatever. And so like, I was kind of surprised that it was a surprise that he decided to. Like, I, I it didn't... It, I didn't realize that he hadn't made that decision until that moment. Yeah. Um. So that part was kind of abrupt, but I, yeah, I guess I, I guess I knew that I assumed that she was going to become a vampire. Yeah. As soon as she drank the blood. Question for you. Do you think if Damon had told her, I am a vampire, I could turn you. Do you want to become a vampire? Would she, would she have said yes? Hmm. That's a good question. I think she would have had follow-up questions about what that would feel like. Because I'm assuming she, like, still wants to get high and things like that. I don't know if that experience is going to be the same for her now or if some of her – I don't know. If – I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, in the moment, I guess – since she was like high, she might have been like, "Yeah, sure, why not?" You know, but but so she question. seems to have self-destructive tendencies. So I don't know if being like immortal is something that appeals to someone with self-destructive tendencies. Yeah. Follow-up question: uh, Damon is he says to her, "I think I know what could help you." Death. Um, and so I think we're supposed to believe it in that moment that he was doing it because he believes that he's helping her and that her life will be better in the afterlife. Um, but the very next scene. What happened? Oh, we were dancing and then. I killed you. What? You're dead. I'm dead. Yeah, well, it's not like a big deal out of it. You drank my blood, I killed you, and now you have to feed in order to complete the process. <sighs> You're wasted. You don't want to be out there all alone. You're about to get really freaky. Look, I had a really good time. I just want to go home. You're going to start craving blood, and until you get it, you're going to feel very out of it. You have to be careful. Come on, move. See, you're already starting to fall apart. And I'm going home now. Okay, fine. I'm just warning you. Actually, you know what? You should go. In fact, if I were you, I would stop by your boyfriend Jeremy's house. Yeah, whatever. Bye. Elena, I said hi. And if you see Stefan, tell him to call me. Okay, well, he just did this, like, A to fuck with Jeremy, which then fucks with Elena, which then fucks with Stefan, right? 
Um, and I think that Damon is that diabolical that he would go through that thought process that quickly. Um, so do you think, which one do you think he was doing or was he doing both? Mm, I would, I bet he wants to think that he is doing this out of the goodness of his heart, but he's definitely just sending a message. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think he's like a chaos agent, you know, he's, <laughs> he's just like, I'm going to fuck with Stefan's day today. And I'm not really thinking beyond that. Like it, it, would, be, it would be funny if Stefan's girlfriend's brother's girlfriend <laughs> is a vampire and needs to feed on Stefan's girlfriend's brother. Yeah. Like that'd be a good bit. Yeah. <laughs> but beyond that, I don't think, I don't think he has any like nefarious, you know, and I don't think he gives a shit about Vicky in that moment. But um, yeah. I, it might be a way that he justifies it to himself. Yeah. 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 So she goes to the Gilbert house. She's very confused. What's she on? I, I don't know. Hey, Vic, how you doing? Not good, Maddie. It hurt. Okay, where's it hurt? My gums. My jaw hurts. My gums. There's something in my gums and it hurts. No, no just leave me alone. Come on, Vic. Don't be like that. Let's get you home. Just turn it off! Jeremy, I don't know what drugs Jeremy thought she was on. I would assume, okay, again, like I was a <laughs> delinquent, so I'm just going to go ahead and say... I guess I would have assumed she was on ecstasy because that's one of those drugs that like your, your jaw like kind of locks up and um, you feel like weird. Um, But I don't know. You also don't want to eat when you're like, yeah, that she's that hungry, like kind of doesn't fit. Yeah. Yeah. It's very strange, but she manages to run. They try to keep her in bed to, to keep calm until she, until they figure out what she wants to do. Um, Because after you have been compelled, but then if you are then in transition, the compulsion fades. So those are new rules that we didn't know about before. Um, so as mm. she is like, she ran from the Gilbert house and she's running around, she ends up at the cemetery again. Damon's compulsion is starting to fade. So I think Stefan was trying to buy some time until her memory started to come back. She actually understood what was happening to her and then she could make her choice. But up until then, nothing was going to make any sense. So... Uh, so after dark, Damon also stops by the Gilbert house. Jeremy, go upstairs. You're afraid of me. I'm going to go on a limb here and guess. Stefan finally fessed up. So, where's Stefan? He's out looking for Vicky. Don't look at me with those judgy little eyes. The girl's going to thank me for what I did to her. Did you thank Catherine? Got the whole life story, huh? I got enough. Oh, I doubt that. I wonder what he thinks she doesn't know. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I conveniently don't remember what he doesn't tell her. So it feels like I'm experiencing this for the first time. And I'm intrigued by his insinuation. I honestly don't know. I mean, there could be like four answers to this because there's more, (laughs) there's more storyline in, in the 1864 period. I think Kayla Yule, who plays Vicky, is amazing. I'm starting to remember things. What he is, what he said. I, I remember you, the hospital, the, the rooftop, it's all coming back. I'm so sorry. Damon had no right to do this to you. He said that I need to feed. 
What will happen if I don't? You'll fade quickly. And then it'll all just be over. I'll be dead. I don't want this. It'll be okay. You're gonna be okay. Will I be better? I want to go home. Will you take me home? I just kept thinking, like, she better have a better job after this. <laughs> did she? Like, I'm dying to know what she did after. No, I haven't looked. She does a podcast though, Caroline, with Candace Akala. They have a oh. they have a podcast called uh, Directionally Challenged, and it's about being like an older millennial female, um, and like getting into your thirties and like figuring out life and starting a family and figuring out your career and like how to basically like how to adult and like adulting is weird. Um, huh. Yeah, it's called Directionally Challenged. I need to listen to that. Yeah, I just started listening yeah. to it during quarantine. It's pretty good. Um, yeah. <laughs> I I feel like I mean I'm not a good judge of acting per se, but I feel like she as a character is given the most to work with from yeah. the script. Like she of any of the characters so far has been given and maybe Damon has been given like some nuance, but like she has so much happened to her. Yeah, I mean her vulnerabilities are laid bare in a way that a lot of other characters we just get hints about yeah. what their damages are, or like what ways they've been traumatized. And hers is just very obvious from the get go. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like she, she goes through some you know valleys and, and peaks and stuff like that in, in a way that no one in the show has gotten yet. So yeah, I guess they trusted her to n- maneuver that. And in theory, it's like in a TV show that arc where, three seasons in and this is a whole episode like dedicated to this person like this person's gonna die at the end of this episode right you can always tell yeah right yeah. and so maybe they front-loaded vicky a little bit more than other people because she was gonna turn right and you yeah. wanted to get some of her human mm-hmm. story before she became a vampire i feel like that's yeah that's a valid conclusion to come to yeah um, so yeah, Stefan's trying to help her. Um, and very unexpectedly he gets shot by Logan. I, <laughs> I was listening to this other pot, other vampire diaries podcast that never finished. They were like, Stefan's shot by Logan. He's out hunting vampires <laughs> in a sweater vest, <laughs> which I thought was because he is very much wearing a sweater vest. Uh, Ugh, Logan. Just that whole plot. And maybe, you know, we'll get to it, but like, it's just such a stupid idea. Like send the newscaster out yeah. that was something... with a gun that he's never handled before yeah. by himself. <laughs> like what? It's fuck? something that they joked about um, him and the police chief, but but really, like, what preparation do you have for this moment? How have you trained for what seems like I don't know your like your inherited task as a founding family of like protecting this town for vampires which you you seem so ready to take up but but what is like the what's the prep course for that yeah none of them are prepared none of them know what the hell they're doing um why logan is roaming around by himself but sheriff forbes has her deputies with her 
is like crazy, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, it's all very silly. Um, so yeah, Stefan's shot by Logan. Damon kills Logan. Vicky feeds on Logan and completes the transition. I, I liked the... No, Vicky! I'm sorry. Oops. That was, that was a really cute moment. But we did cheer when Logan died. I don't I, I don't think we were big fans of him. Who's a big fan of Logan? No one's a fan of Logan. Relieved to have his storyline end that abruptly. Yeah. Logan in his sweater vest and his receding hairline. Um, the, yeah. And then Damon's line, if anyone's going to kill you, it's going to be me. I thought that was a really nice 360 from, you know, that felt, that felt brotherly, right? Like, yeah, they used to be BFFs. And as much as he wants to say, he's going to, you know, give Stefan a lifetime of misery. Like at the end of the day, like he's not going to let anyone kill his brother. Yeah. Yeah. I got some assurance from this scene that like they would have each other's back from now on and that you didn't so much have to worry about the, the brothers turning. I mean, maybe that'll, that dynamic will change, but it was interesting that Vicky didn't have a more conflicted decision to make in who she preyed on because none of us were really rooting for the guy that she, you know, ended up sucking his blood. Yep. Yeah. Um, okay. And I think the last storyline, which is short, is the Founders Council. Um, Sheriff Forbes and Logan fell. They find the the dead kids that Vicky had been hanging out with before. Realize that Vicky is missing. Um, later on, Logan brings the watch to the Lockwood Mansion. Mayor Lockwood's got a little hidey hole in the hardwood floor of his office and he pulls out something else. He disassembles the watch, reassembles it and it's a compass. Uh, We find out later that it is some sort of vampire detecting compass, uh, which like, how the hell does that work? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I know the scientific reasoning. Oh, you know, I know. You don't know. Oh, but I know. Oh, should I know? Oh, you should know. Shoot. Okay. <laughs> You're going to go on this journey with us, Caroline. <laughs> that was not a detail that I retained. I know, but you you will know. <laughs> um, Sheriff Forbes sure. and the deputies and Logan, they go vampire hunting and they're using wooden bullets, uh, which <laughs> in theory sounds like a good idea, right? Uh, but Chrissy Calhoun author of love you to death. Uh, she researched and wooden bullets actually are a thing, but they use them as blanks because the firepower as soon as they get shot. Yeah. They turn to ash. Right? Yeah. 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 So they wouldn't do anything to vampires. Right. <laughs> <laughs> wood, wood would not like survive terminal velocity. They explode in the air before they get to something. I think they explode right. Like, Oh, at the, so it's not right at the gun at the, yeah. It's not like a mini steak, which is, I think, how they. I mean, I think in, the, in reality, it's supposed to. Yeah, that, that, yeah. that he gets shot with it, but. but or, it, sorry, in the show, he he gets shot with it, but in reality, a wooden bullet would just like explode as soon as it gets shot because it's okay. so soft. And I huh. and I I think wooden bullets in real life typically are hollow, and that might be another part of why they're used as blanks because they just explode and turn to ash. Mm. 
And so they're not going to hurt anyone. Like they literally don't even like splinter off. They just turn to ash. Right. Um, maybe if they were solid okay. wooden bullets, then it could hurt solid. somebody in theory, but yeah, wooden bullets is not a, a thing in real life. We're just going to have to chalk it up to the Williamson universe, Julie Pluck universe, which is fine. Um, but yeah, they go they go vampire hunting and no one's ever staked a vampire. So this all sounds like very, very bad news. And it turns out to be very bad news for Logan. <laughs> uh, kill count in this episode, the three townies. Technically, Vicky died. Um, how many times have we said True. Vicky's died in the show? <laughs> she keeps showing up <laughs> the kill count. Uh, I know. And Logan. So that's five. That's the suck, Logan. Yeah, fuck Logan. Hmm. Nobody will miss him. No one will miss Logan. Did you guys have any other random thoughts from your notes? Hmm. I um, I'm not a big fan of Catherine, especially from this initial scene when we get to know her. It just makes me hope that um, Stefan's taste in women has improved since then. Yeah, I mean, she's incredibly selfish, right? Like, that's the character trait we're supposed to come away with, is that she's selfish and cares nothing about what anybody wants. I I thought, like, and I guess Stefan was buying time with it all, but I I thought it was a bad idea. Like, I thought he had the wrong idea to just let uh, Vicky alone with Jeremy. Her moral compass, I guess, won out, and she didn't bite him, but, like, come on, like... She's, yeah. a vamp- she's gonna be a vampire. Yeah. She's craving blood. Don't like let her just hang out in a room with some guy. It was nice to see her beat that test a little bit, though, right? Like, cause her, yeah. you know, her fondness for Jeremy won out over her thirst for blood. Like, that's what we wanted to see from her. I think was just like a little test of that. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I see the narrative value of it. I <laughs> but just practically, think Stephen, yeah, you know. Strike seven on Stefan. Yeah. Is Stefan making good decisions? No. (laughs) No. 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 When they show up at the old Salvatore mansion, uh, and he's like, it looks old. And I'm like, uh, is 150 years really long enough for that whole property to just disintegrate like that? Is 150 years just didn't seem that old. Yeah. To me in the grand scheme of things. And I'm like, really? I, I, I hope the Union Army just, you know, burnt everything and, you know, salted the ground, so. That would be valid narrative. <laughs> that's, that's, that was my wishful thinking. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's why they had to build the boarding house. Yes. Oh, I'm remembering uh, one of my favorite lines, uh, which was Stefan talking about Damon saying. He doesn't get mad. He just gets even. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they didn't use it in the trailer, right? Did yeah. They? I I would no. have expected that, that to be one that they classic. pulled out. It's a classic trailer. Yeah. Like they wrote it for a promotional period. A trailer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So silly. Um, when Damon is burning the bodies of the townies, you can see the name on the crypt that they're sitting in front of. It's the Salvatore crypt. 
I love that you're paying attention to this level of detail. I did not catch that. I may not have been the first person to notice. I've been reading so much <laughs> online. Like, I don't know if it was from fandom.com or if it was from I Love You to Death. I, don't, I can't even remember at this point. But um, now I see it all the time. I yeah. may have read it on a message board years ago. I don't, I don't know. What else did I have? If vampire blood heals human wounds, why wasn't Damon healing Caroline all that time? I don't know. I guess he just didn't care. Just didn't care enough. But doesn't it seem like he would be dealing with a lot less bullshit if she didn't have freaking bite marks all over her body? Like, he got mad at her because Elena found them. And I couldn't say this before because we didn't know yet that vampire blood healed human wounds, right? Yeah. But... Well, is is that him just wanting attention? Like, is this a cry for help? He acts like a petulant child so much of the time. Like, he's such a little boy. Such a freaking baby. So I think it's because, so when he decides he's going to, you know, feed Vicky his blood, um, he's like, oh, I'm so going to regret this. I I think that the audience in that moment might have thought, I'm so going to regret, like, her waking up and, like, being annoying Vicky (laughs) in the house for the day. But he did bring her home to entertain himself, right? And so, uh I think if he was going to regret it, it's because she's going to have my blood in her system. Potentially I might kill her. She might die. Uh, and then come back as a vampire. Mm. Like, so maybe he just didn't want anything to happen to Caroline. Like this is a thing that vampires think about. Like, will I give you my blood with the possibility that you might come back? Like, do I want to sire you or if something happens to you, you just die and I don't have to deal with you. Maybe it's a commitment level for him. Like first base is me feeding off of you. Second base is me healing you with my blood. Third base is me killing you. Good, good metaphor there. Was that a baseball metaphor or, or a sex metaphor, Caroline? <laughs> Maybe a little bit of both. <laughs> um, but yeah, it makes you reflect on like Damon, like toying with Caroline and how much more tragic that is. Like, or is it better because he didn't want Caroline to turn into a vampire, right? Um, I don't know. I don't know how to internalize it all, but I, I feel like there's some of that in there. Like, he wasn't, there had to be a reason why he wasn't healing her, whatever his motivation was for that. Um, no Caroline, no Bonnie, no Tyler or Jenna in this episode. Mm. A whole lot of main cast missing in this episode with so much happening. Um the title of this episode, Lost Girls. Did either of you ever watch the Lost Boys movie? Oh, it's a vampire movie, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I have never seen it. seen it. I've heard about it. Like Kiefer Sutherland. And- Kiefer Sutherland is in this movie. Jason Patrick's in this movie. Both of the Corys, Corey Feldman and Corey Haim, are in this movie. Um, Edward Herman, so the grandfather from Gilmore Girls, yes. is in this movie. Um <gasps> But it is about choice, right? Like the main character, Michael, figuring out that he was in transition, figuring out how to beat the bad guy, and then figuring out whether he wants to turn. And so the parallels from that movie into this episode are super, super strong. Um, Mm. And then obviously The Lost Boys was a reference to The Lost Boys and Peter Pan, where the boys never age. I love it. It's so good. Like they, I wasn't connecting the dots. I just think it's great. Um, 
<laughs> my notes were, why did Damon go AWOL? Was it just because he wanted to come back and see Catherine? Does he have progressive politics? <laughs> was he just a plain old deserter? At this point, we don't know. I love that. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, and then the diabolical plan, according to Chrissy Calhoun, her her section of this episode, uh, the diabolical plan, what we're learning in the overarching storyline, the pocket watch is part of a vampire detecting compass, which quickly falls into Damon's hands. The brothers now know that the town leaders are on the hunt for vampires. What did Stefan leave out of the story? He told Elena Damon's doubt that she heard in a fact story was intriguing. So if Chrissy thought that was important questions for us to reflect on, then I think we should too. Um, Mm -hmm. And then I'll just note that the song at the end is down by Jason Walker, which is not a song that would have been on my radar. But uh, when I think of the vampire diaries, if any song runs in my head, it's that song, the ending song Mm -hmm. from this episode. Um, If they had a theme song, that's what I would want it to be. Um, All right. Those were all my, that was my long list of rambling thoughts. Um, Sam, do you have any future predictions? Future predictions. This has been really hard up to now, but like, okay, so do you have a prediction for what's going to happen with Catherine? Or what happens to Stefan and Damon in the past? Or what happens to Vicky next? Um, I mean, with Catherine, I feel like the backstop is that we know she dies in a fire, I think. Or that's kind of heavily implied, at least. I don't know if that's explicitly said. But... Um, so I'm curious to see that dynamic unfold and like why, and I can't figure out if it's like an anti-vampire thing or it's like the union sympathizer thing that they mentioned earlier or both. Um, so, uh, I don't know if I have a future prediction other than maybe it becomes like this political vampires are part of the underground railroad or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Posit- I don't know. Positing questions is great. This is, this is what I'm looking for. Positing yeah. questions for the future. Yeah. Harriet Tubman, vampire hunter or something. <laughs> um, and then the Vicky thing, I'm interested to see, like assuming she continues her wild child phase, like how she acts out. I assume she kills some people. I'm interested to see who she kills or doesn't before maybe she turns to the good side. I don't know. Um, hopefully not Jeremy. Uh, but I don't know. I, I don't have any predictions really other than I hope uh, Harriet Tubman features heavily. <laughs> <laughs> it's a wish. And that she's a witch actually. That's that's my prediction is that Harriet, Harriet Tubman, Tubman is, a witch. is a main character and she's a witch. <laughs> I I was listening to another short-lived Vampire Diaries podcast and some one of them was very upset that like she's like how long are is is it only black people are witches like why (laughs) (laughs) and I won't say how far into the show that goes but it it's funny (laughs) um well, we I have a I, small sample size, so it's true. It's hard it's to true. say. I, 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 f- I feel like I mentioned this before, and I think you've you've talked about how you know some of the uh, races were swapped when they adapted it. But like, I do find it fascinating that Bonnie is African American from Salem, which 
I mean, I've never been to Salem, but I imagine it is not heavily African-American. Like it's super white, super white, (laughs) Massachusetts, Protestant, like small town, you know, so I, I find that interesting. So I'm hoping we hear more about that. Okay. Who wins and who sucks? Caroline, you go first. Uh, um, Stefan sucks. Um, I think, well, this might not be the overall winner, but I do love how Vicky's brother came to her aid. He's so protective. And the way that he swooped in and was just like, I'm taking care of you. I have no idea what happened, but that doesn't matter. Um, he wins for me. Mm-hmm. I am a little bit in love with Matt. <laughs> He's a good brother. I said, I, I don't know who was on with me and Sam that day, but I was like, I've never met anybody as nice as Matt in real life. Like he's just like the nicest freaking guy ever. <laughs> and he looks like, he looks like Ryan Atwood with the blue eyes. Um, so he's your winner. Yes. All right. Sam, <laughs> who wins and who sucks? Um, who sucks? Uh, Logan. Oh um, yeah. You know, I'm glad he's dead. I feel like I've picked two people that have died. <laughs> the, they suck, which I mean, objectively, if you die, you suck. So that's kind of, that tracks. Yeah. I mean, he just, he was uh, an awful predatory person in episode th- four, maybe. Um, and he's just, he he doesn't plan. He's cocky. He gets a gun that he doesn't know how to handle. Uh, you know, you got a headshot, man. You don't, you don't go for the chest shot with, <laughs> with vampires, I assume. Um, so... <laughs> I, I'm yeah, I'm glad he's dead. Uh, but he sucks. Um, who wins? <sighs> That's a good question. I mean, Matt. Yeah, I agree. I, I, Matt does all the right things. He's non-judgmental about his sister. Um, I feel like Elena handles everything pretty well, and is like, is compare comparing it to like Twilight. Like, is much more with it and understanding but also skeptical and but like one thing i noticed was when 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 vicky runs away she immediately tells stefan like go find her you know or or you know deal with this shit you know and and that i feel like is a very like mature immediately understanding like i don't like you stefan right now because of whatever but i i see your value so like (laughs) You fuck this up, fix it, you know. Like, she seems very authoritative in that moment. That dialogue made me laugh because they run outside and they're standing out on the lawn. And Matt's like, I'm going to go look for her. And he he jets. And then Stefan is like, I can track her. And she's like, well, well go. Like, why are you still standing <laughs> yeah. here? Like, just go. Like, why are you talking yeah. to me right now? Like, stop talking, Stefan. Just do. Yeah. Yeah, so she seems very with it. So, like, uh, you know, give her some credit. Maybe she's a little, like, you know, flabbergasted in in a way, but, like... Wouldn't you be? Yeah, I I can't blame her. So, I think she she wins this episode. Yeah, for me, uh, I am in agreement with both of you. I think Elena wins. Uh, Maybe it's just such a stark contrast to Bella Swan, but she just seems to... Yeah, she's supposed to be a smart protagonist that we're supposed to root for as opposed to 
I'm not going to talk shit about Twilight. I I loved Twilight. <laughs> it was terrible, but I loved it in its terribleness. And anyone who knows me knows that I love bad TV. I love bad movies. And so, you know, I'm, I'm not going to talk shit about some a, a franchise that I love very much. But um, I have a lot of issues with Bella. You know, that's what it is. Um, and then for me, uh, Stefan sucks. I just... I, I realize he's got all the greatest of intentions, but he there's just so many ways where he is not living up to being a 145 year old vampire. Like you should have a little bit more chutzpah and a little bit more smarts, and um, he's just not showing it up to this. Yeah, point. yeah. Um, I and the only reason why Catherine is not in either of these slots. Um, I appreciate Catherine's uh, kind of feminist sensibilities, right? Like when I say 1864 slutty, like I'm being intentional about that, right? Like Mm -hmm. I, Mm -hmm. if you were a vampire, like of course you're not going to adhere to uh, the, the common conventionalities of that time. And like, you do you girl. Great. Um, But she's also like, awful and um (laughs) and like unapologetic about it and um and and selfish and and ruined the lives of these two boys and um you know it's not like these were like 30 year old men whose lives you were ruining these were very very young boys whose lives were you were ruining so on one hand it's like i love Catherine's attitude and unapologeticness but then i i hate her attitude and unapologeticness so she's She's a hard one for me. It gets easier for me later on in the show. But um, at this point, I'm like, oh, how do I feel about Catherine? She's a great, <laughs> like, character, you know? I, I, I like digging into what Catherine is. So um, she will bubble up in my Who Wins Who Sucks later on. But <laughs> for now, she's not there yet. Okay, does the suck. Uh, rating the episode at a 1 through 10. Caroline? Remind me, 10 is very good. 10 is the best. I mean, this is a nine for me. Like the episode covers a lot of bases. It it carries the plot forward really well. You get to learn a lot more about the characters and st- start to take sides. Um, but also you don't get so many answers. Like you get a lot more questions and answers. And I love that about this episode. Awesome. Nine. Yeah. And I mean, this is basically like, I guess I don't need to qualify this since I'm watching it in real time, but like of the episodes I've seen so far, like this was definitely the best episode. Um, So yeah, it's, it's definitely a nine. Um, I don't know what would be a 10 uh, since I I don't know the ceiling of the show, but (laughs) um, and of course my sliding scale is like 10 for this show. You know, I don't know if I would make this a nine on my, all-time entertainment <laughs> scale, uh, you know, um, you know, Space Jam's 9.5 on that. So, you know, it's, there's, uh, it's all about context. Um, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I agreed. Like there's, there's, there's everything in this. There's, you know, there's the action, there's plot development for v- Vicky, as well as some of the backstory. So I feel like it's paced very well. The only thing I thought was interesting, and I mean, it's a, 45 minute show or whatever. So you can only fit in so much, but like they give you a lot of the back story 
or the the uh, flashback early on in the episode and i kept waiting for them to like pop back to it at like a critical juncture in like the wrap up of the show and and maybe that's just like a something i expect from tv is like if you're going to show a flashback you're going to show another flashback that then like ties the episode together and ties it to the you know current day or whatever and i was kind of expecting that and that didn't happen that isn't to say that's a bad thing but i was that was something i was kind of like craving at the end was like okay now tell me now tell me how this wraps up and you know parallels what's happening in real in the real day yeah i think they were trying to use it as a plot device for stefan giving elena backstory right we're hearing stefan's backstory to elena through the flashbacks um I've read that Kevin Williamson really didn't want to do flashbacks. Julie Pleck had to talk him into it. Oh, we love it, though. We love the period costumes. Uh, This episode for me is a 10. Um, This episode through the next big chunk is like the chunk that I come back to for season one. And for me, um, this was the first episode where I was like, this is what the vampire diaries was like striving for and, and, and wants to be. So for me, 10 out of 10, I freaking love it so much. <laughs> um, I tried to go through the forums. I didn't really find any golden nuggets. I think people were just uh, excited about the flashbacks and seeing Catherine for the first time. Um, I will say uh, people did not love Vicky and so last episode, when everyone thought Vicky died, uh, we're very disappointed that Vicky came back. No, poor Vicky. <laughs> and Aww. I was like, don't hate on Kayla Yule. She's so great. The thing with message boards, at least in the late, uh, early aughts, um, people were watching the TV show while in the message board, right? And so uh, they would be like, like live tweeting, but in the message yeah. board. Yeah. And so there's always be someone in a different time zone who's trying to figure out what's happening in real time, even though they can't watch it yet. And so there's a lot of people who were like, is Vicky still annoying now that she's a vampire? Like, is she better? Or is she worse? <laughs> like there's was, there was a lot of that, like, like, Oh my God, I hate Vicky so much. Is she less annoying now? Um, which I, I, I didn't hate Vicky. Like I just, no, this is a pro Vicky podcast. Yeah. 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 I don't think I've had too much problem with her. That's funny though that people are like, does yeah. being a does being a vampire make your personality better or worse? Um, and then still a lot of like, Damon's hot; he can do no wrong, which I just find worse. I know, weird. I can't. I can't relate. Um. Okay. I guess we we did it. We talked for a long time today. We did it. We did it. Yeah, it's a worthy episode. Yeah, I I wasn't trying to make it longer because it's my favorite episode of the season, but I guess I had a lot to say. Yeah. Sorry. Um, No problem. uh, Oh, wait. So I thought that it would actually be to our benefit to start watching the next week's promo at the end of this episode. Oh, Oh, yeah. Doesn't that feel smart? 
vampire, Stefan. She should know the perks. All I can think about is blood. She's very volatile and impulsive personality. So she's a vampire with issues? <laughs> Come on, Vicky. Live a little. Crowds like this, it makes it even harder for you to keep yourself under control. You have to stay away from her. What the I'm trying to help her. Ow! Can someone be excited that it's Halloween? Such intense music. Uh, I just know that Vicky's going to be like a bratty teenage vampire. Like, can't be controlled. Off, you know, doing mischief on Halloween. This gets me excited. It's so exciting. Can't wait for you to watch it. Okay. Um, I hope you guys have a great week ahead of you. Staying safe, staying healthy. Yep. The longer we're in quarantine, the more it feels like we are vampires. Right? Like, I need more vitamin D. Yeah. Well, have a great week, and I'll talk to you guys soon. You too. All right. See ya. Bye. I'm at the Sizzler. I had the buffet.